Chaotic peace was the only way Sanovi Black could explain his life to those who had questions. He never understood why they asked, because an answer was never given. It was none of their business. For her? He'd break it down, however. Weave through the complexities of his upbringing, urging her to get comfortable and reside in chaos by his side. His world became hers, and she became his. Flawed but perfect in her eyes, Torin Kane adapts to Sanobi's meek yet assertive presence. Breaking down barriers, making his standoffish personality open up to her, she finds a crack in his wounded heart, gains comfort, and remains. Simplistically, Torin eases his troubled mind. She became someone Sanobi cherishes, making him not want to ever share her with anyone else. A masterpiece. Let's jump right into it. So we are starting five years prior. It's 2017. And Sanofi is but a teenager who was living with his grandmother because his parents abandoned him. And, you know, he didn't know them, didn't have anything to do with them. When she's in the hospital, you know, her health is failing. She's an older woman. And she goes by the name of Gigi. But they're hoping that, you know, she gets better quickly and he'll be able to come back home. But because, you know, she's his legal guardian and she's in the hospital, he has to go to a home for now. And they're both hoping that it's temporary, but in the back of their minds, they both know that it's not. But he goes and the caseworker is dropping him off. And he's hoping like maybe two weeks later, he'll be able to go home. But that's not the case. We are now five years later in the present time. And is he 21? Yeah, because I believe he was 16. And then five years later, that makes him 21. He, um, He has a job at a restaurant called Freddy's. And he is staying in, what do you call it? like an assistant's house where there are young men or yeah, I believe it's all men who need help. So they live there and they help out. They got to sign in, sign themselves out and things like that. Now, he's just trying to make the best out of a bad situation, basically in his eyes, you know, everybody he loves, he feels like they abandoned him or he doesn't have anyone close to him. But, you know, after he gets off work, which is later than normal, when he's he arrives to his home, he has to be buzzed in. Like, anybody coming and going, you have to be buzzed in and stated, like, you know, why you're there or whatever. So, when he get in the door, the la- what was her name? Kiki? She give her, give him a paper, excuse me, like, you have to sign this because Mr. K didn't know that you were going to be working late. And he don't take the paper from her. He tell her, tell him. To come give it to me himself if he got a problem because it's bullshit. He gave his caseworker his late schedule that, you know, he was going to be working later. And she turned around and gave it to Mr. K. So he knew that he was going to be working late. So he's like, I'm not signing that right up. No. And so he gets to his room with his uh his roommate. And the trash is just overflowing. He's like, y'all don't see this trash here? Ain't you on trash duty? It's like, that's not the point, though. 
I just got off fucking work. Like, I'm just walking in the door, and y'all got this shit overflowing to the floor. Pick this shit up. And that's one thing I cannot stand. Like, dirty people, it drives me fucking crazy. Now, this is me speaking personally, because that's how it is at my job. Like, I work in dietary, and I don't mind people coming in, like, of course, because the pop machine ain't mine. Like, I don't own the shit or whatever. But it's like, if y'all coming in and getting something to drink, if you spill ice, pick it up or, you know, like wipe it up before it starts melting and just leaving water on my counter. And then like, if y'all throwing out food and stuff and you see that you missed the trash can, like a top or like a straw or something and it falls to the side, pick that shit up. Why would you, you see it on the floor and you just walk straight past it. Like you didn't just throw that shit down there. But anyway, cause them two lazy motherfuckers just sitting there playing the game. And so he's like, all right, y'all got that. I am on trash duty. So let me get this trash. And on my way out, I'm going to pull the plug out of the fucking socket. Now you done lost the game progress. Now, one on one to jump up like, why would you do that? That's some bitch shit. No, some bitch shit is y'all two sitting here playing this game, acting like y'all didn't overfill this trash and just sitting there with y'all nasty asses. But anyway, he take the trash out. And while he's taking the trash out, there is a young lady in an altercation with this man who refuses to take no for an answer. So Sonobi got to whoop his ass real quick. And the girl, like, she will not leave it alone because he basically tell her, like, you know, you need to go home. You shouldn't be out here by yourself. But she says her friends are inside the club. I think she stepped out to take a phone call or like a smoke break, something like that. But she was outside by herself. And, um, she's like you know let me pay you for helping me out and he's like no i'm good she's like who don't want money it's like a nigga with some pride like girl i didn't do that with the hopes of getting money i saw somebody who didn't take no for an answer and i had to whoop his ass to get him up off you now go home but she's like okay you ain't gonna let me pay you let me take you out to eat for a thank you like for breakfast in the morning so he like to finally get her ass to shut up. Like, okay, cool. Whatever. Where you want to meet at? And so she tells him this place and he's like, all right, I'll meet you there. So he go back in the house and um, Kiki said that she was watching him like from the camera. So she saw what, what happened and I believe they called the police. So the police was on the way. And I'm just like, y'all could just show them the cameras because if y'all saw what he did, so they didn't move from the spot that the man was like harassing her in. So y'all got that all on camera. Cool, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, whatever. So the next morning, he has to get on the bus. He has to take two buses to get to the restaurant that the girl wanted to meet at because he didn't even get her name. So when he goes in, it's like a more upscale, at least to him, type of restaurant. So he's feeling like kind of out of place. And he's like, man, I don't even know her name. I don't even know, you know, like, if she really here, like, all that type of stuff. But he sees her, and he goes to meet her, and she's just real talkative. I want to say she's like a, a is it an extrovert? Probably, because she just would not stop talking. She's trying to get him to open up. And he like, girl, I'm really only here because you would not leave me alone and you wouldn't shut up. But then, and then he looking at the prices of how much the shit costs. I'm like, man, I ain't got this type of fucking money. Like, I'm not gonna eat. But 
you know, of course, it's on her dime because she offered to pay. And uh, we learned her name is Raquel. You know, of course, he tells her his name is... Did he tell her? I don't think so at this instant because it's just like, okay, game, you bought me food. It is what it is, whatever. Let's go. So she takes him to work because he was about to hop back on the bus. She's like, no, I really got too much to do right now. Let me take you to work. So she takes him to work, but the restaurant ain't even open or it don't look like it's open. So she's like, are you sure it's open? He's like, damn, I don't know. Let me find out. So he goes in there and Mr. Freddie tells him his wife is in the hospital and, you know, he takes care of his wife and there's nobody there to run the restaurant. So the restaurant is going to be shut down for a while until he can open it again. So basically, Sonovi just lost his job. It's like, damn. So he gets back in the car with Raquel. And it's like, fuck, what I'm going to do now? So she invites him to a party. Like, you know, I'll pay you to clean up. Like, I'll pay you $1,000 to clean up. He's like, what? Okay, bet. And so, you know, the party comes and goes. And he cleans up. But it's like real late. And he stays over. And he goes like, uh. Raquel was in like one bedroom and she told him he could sleep in another. So he went in that room and he locked the door. So then we're introduced to Torin, who is a, a cook who traveled, you know, like she, uh, what is it? Catering company, Lord. Um, and she get home to her house and she's like, I know this fucking girl didn't have a party in my fucking house, which... I'm on Torrin's side because it's just like, girl. But anyway, so she run up the stairs and she goes into one of her spare bedrooms and the door is locked. So, you know, she going crazy. Like, open this fucking door. I know you ain't got no door locked in my house and my house is trashed. But it's Sonobi in there. So when he opened the door, Torrin got her gun. She's like, who the fuck are you? And, you know, they having this back and forth because he just want to be a smart ass. He don't want to tell her his name, like why he, what he doing there, whatever. So then you hear Raquel coming through the door like, oh, hey, sis. Like, girl, don't hate me. First of all, why did you have a party in my fucking house? And who is he? Because he refuses to say anything. And I'm like, girl. You could have shot that nigga in the leg or something because as far as you know, he's an intruder. You don't know who he is. But Raquel says, you know, I pay him to clean up and, you know, he going to clean up the house for me, you know, from the party. And in my, this is my opinion. Torrent, like, she let that shit go way too easily. It was basically like, a girl, get out of my face. I'm so, I'm tidy. But she really didn't do nothing. Because I'm like, this girl had a party in your house with liquor and had the nerve to leave it a mess and her only response was i didn't think you would be home that's all she said to us and i think what raquel she ain't nothing but 18 but still it was just a oh i didn't think you would be home this soon so that's all i got not i didn't mean to throw the party i'm sorry i threw the party you know i'm gonna help him clean up like no basically i didn't think you would be home soon and i paid him to do it so la di da like and that it is what it is and it's like girl raquel need her ass whooped but anyway so sonobi cleans up 
And, you know, them two, they basically ignoring each other because she's like, I don't like him because he got a smart-ass mouth and he would not answer my questions. And I still don't know who he is. So it's just like, whatever. He clean up, going about his business. And then they run into each other again because... This killed me. So come to find out, Sonobi, like, you know, he he having sex. He have little women on the side while he focusing on himself and all that type of stuff. But anyway, he is messing with a older married woman who has been blowing his phone up and she want to meet up with him and take him out for food. And so she comes and picks him up and they end up going back to that same restaurant that Raquel just took him to. So he feeling like shit is a setup because he's like, how you hear about this place? Why you want to come here? And while they're in the restaurant, he sees Torin. And so he goes over to her. And once again, they start this little back and forth situation. And the one, um, the older woman he's messing with, Jade, it's like, girl, first of all, you're married. You claim you love your husband. But you're so worried about what Sanobi doing. And it's like, as we're getting further into the story, she keep calling him. She keep popping up. She it's just like, and you have two, she has two um young daughters. So it's like not only do you have a husband, but you also have two young girls that you should be looking after. How do you have all this time to worry about what he's doing and constantly wanting to call him? And it's like he keep having to tell her, like, you're married. You keep telling me that you're married, but it seems that you're forgetting that you're married because you're always in my damn business. And during that time, Torin, like, she hires him to work for her with some of her um, catering gigs. He's cleanup crew, and she helps him start his own business. Like, uh, what did he call it? It's SB's, like, cleaning service or something like that. And, you know, while they're getting closer, Jade is still in the background because, oh, Lord, I forgot about Gigi. Gigi, you know, she's still with us, but she's now in a nursing home. So, of course, he goes to visit her, talk to her, and he'll even stay the night with her sometimes. But, you know, all while still running around doing his own thing. But Torrin is becoming constant in his life as well. But Jade has been there as well. Is that how I want to say it? It's like he's used to her, so he's not willing to cut Jade off yet, even though he's kind of like getting tired of her and having to keep remind not only her, but himself as well. Like, she don't belong to me, so I don't have to answer her questions. I don't have to tell her nothing. So it gets to a point where he not answering her calls. He don't want nothing to do with Jade, but Jade is following him. Because he won't answer her calls. And it's like, she's obsessed at this point. So it gets to a point where I think he pulled up. He pulled up somewhere to do a job. And she pulls up and is like, seriously, you won't answer my calls? And he's like, how do you even know where the hell I'm at to do this? Like, why are you following me? Um. Oh, because his my Okay, that's what it was. He had to go to a job, but his friend, DeMarco, DeMarco's baby mama showed up to their place where they're staying at, and she beat the hell out of their car. That car was non-drivable. Because he like, uh, I mean, not he, she 
did you really cheat on me? Like, I thought we was for real this time. Like, why you bullshitting? And come to find out, DeMarco, he was not cheating this time. The woman she saw in his car was Jade because Jade was putting a tracker on DeMarco's car because she knows that um, he lets, excuse me, he lets Sanobi drive it from time to time to get where he needs to go as well, like if he's not doing anything. So that's who she saw and thought he was she. So she fucks the car up. So he had to call his mama. Now let me like skirt to the side with the mama. You know, earlier in the book, like in the very beginning, he said his mom abandoned him or he didn't have a relationship with her, so he don't worry about her. So one day when he went to go visit Gigi, the mama shows up. Her name Unique. Unique? Sorry, I had to. I had to. Um, She shows up with groceries and stuff like for her mama. And this, I did not like this. The grandma forces him to speak to her because if it was up to Sonobi, he just would have like pay her no never mind and just waited for her to leave but i know you see your mama uh standing there sitting there whatever the hell she was doing and it's like yeah i see her so like and she basically forces this conversation between the two that he did not want to have and i'm i will never agree with that if somebody does not want to talk to somebody you should not force them to so that was bullshit i did not i was like whatever but Sanovi also was longing for a relationship with his mother he didn't know who his father was so I guess that didn't really matter to him but anyway they talk whatever and so going back to DeMarco's car being fucked up so then he calls her for a ride and she comes and takes him to where he needed to go and then that's when like she dropped him off he had his cleaning supplies the next thing you know jay popped up like really you're not gonna take my calls woo, 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 whatever and it's just like once again why are you here you got a husband you got kids none of that is tied into me so why are you here bothering me then next thing you know her husband pops up and it's like really this what you've been doing because um I forgot to mention at one point when she, I think it was the same day they had lunch together. Like they ended up back at her house having sex in her bed. And it's, it's like, as soon as they got done, you hear the door open and her husband came home. And so, and Sonobi was hiding in the closet, but the man never came upstairs. They just, she met him at the door and he was suspicious of her because it's just like she was too fidgety her answers weren't making no sense and then he found a lighter in a closet where his uh i think like where his suits or something was at and he like why is this lighter in my closet it was Sonobi's lighter but she lies and says it was like a friend of hers and she took it to try to get her to stop smoking it's like girl you full of shit so anyway he popped up he's like i knew it i knew you was doing some trifling shit like i you know like you following him so i started following your ass and you got all this time like basically spending all her days and all her time following sonobi it's just like girl really the dick got you like that but and this leads to a big old argument because unique comes back i think he left his phone in the car or something in the car 
and she was bringing it back to him. And so then she sees Jade's husband and she, well, no, she had pulled out her gun before then because uh, the husband was choking Sanovi out. Sanovi, it's like he got hands, but he wasn't prepared for the husband. And he had a gun himself, but he couldn't get to it because the man was choking him out. So Unique has her gun like, uh, I just got my son back. Ain't no way y'all finna take him from me. And so the man releases him. And when she gets a look at his face, whatever name he was going by, she calls him something else. And she's like, I, I remember you. Or whatever you want to call yourself. Like that's your, your real, I think his real name was Omar. Because I forgot whatever his name was supposed to be. But she's like, you and your friends, y'all gang raped me. I remember, I would never forget your face. I don't care what you're calling yourself these days. And it's the fact that he basically like did what he did and then went on to live a normal life. It's like you, you got married, you had daughters, like you just moved on with yourself after what you did. And so she shoots him and shoots and kills him. And Sonobi says, what did you just do? And she says, I just killed your father. So it's like, he's, then that's another thing he got to do. Like, I just wanted to take Sonobi and wrap that baby up in my arms because it was just like he could not catch a break. Do you hear me? Finally, when things was looking like they was looking up, it's like, damn, I'm hit with the fact that my mom is now going to jail and I'm learning that I was a product of rape. So, and then come to find out, you know, I was also sleeping with my father's wife so i was sleeping with my uh what is it called is it mother no stepmother lord because <laughs> i wanted to say mother-in-law but i'm like that's not how that works um uh, and so he goes to his safe place which is torn and you know like i said that whole time they was talking she was the one getting him to open up and just build into him like I know what you think you are or what you selling settling for excuse me but you're so much better than that and you can do all these things so you know he goes to her and then like at after some point he goes back to his house or his place you know I don't it's not a halfway house I don't know what to call it but he goes back to that place and of course like as soon as he stepped through the door one of those two guys that was talking shit like with the trash and shit said something to him and he don't respond and he what did he say he talked to the other guy he like he don't hear me like is something wrong with him like he got special needs or something like that and he was like man i've been telling you something off of him just you know leave him alone but the guy steady talking and with what all of sanovi got going on he beat like they had to pull him up off that man you know just to get him to stop and so because of that, they kick him out, which was bullshit. But anyway, they kick him out the program and they try to have this meeting with him, like him in the panel. And like, do you have anything to say for, say for yourself? He's like, whatever I say, it's not going to stop y'all from kicking me out, is it? And they all say no. So it's like, okay, I'm not finna waste my fucking breath on y'all then. Which I completely understood. I was on his side. Cause I'm like, what am I explaining it for if it's not going to change anything? I still got to find something to say. And I don't want to have this conversation with y'all. So, peace. So, he leaves. And Torin tells him, you know, baby, you come stay with me. 
we'll get it all figured out. You know, so you get on your feet, you decide you want to move out somewhere else. But right now, you with me. And they had a great thing going on. Like I said, he still he got his cleaning business. She got her, uh, her catering company. And he helped her out on the side while still doing his stuff. And at one point, I think she got sick. Baby was not doing good. She was down for the count. And it's the type of sick where she was working so much that her body finally got exhausted. And she was sick. So, um, and Torin, I forgot her little backstory. She had a boyfriend when, how old was she? It don't matter. But um, her boyfriend, come to find out, he had a eight-year-old son, and then he was locked up and went to jail. And when she found out he had a son and he was going to jail, it's basically like, okay, nigga, deuces to you because I'm not going to be tied up in this. And kind of find out he was cheating and he had like women on the side or whatever. So it's like, all right, cool. You do that. I'm going to be living my life over here. And she still kept in contact with the son. Like she brought cupcakes up to his school because he was trying to impress a little girl or whatever. And she was still talking to old boy's sister. But when she found out that the sister was hanging out, like being a real buddy buddy, with the girl that he was basically cheating on touring with. She's like, oh, you messy, so let me cut you off too. So she had basically cut off every aspect of his life from her life. So it was like, ain't no reason. And, but he had started calling her, but she would never answer the phone. Like, Sonobi saw the number, but she would, you know, ignore the call every time. So then while she was sick, he went to... Where did he go? He went to the store. Lord, why am I drawing a blank? To get some stuff for her. So while he was gone, she hears a knock on the door thinking it's him. She's like, nah, he got a key. Why do I have to get up and open the door for him? When she opens the door, it's old boy from jail talking about, baby, I'm home. She's like, what the fuck that got to do with me? Like, I ain't talked to you in how long? He's like, okay, but I'm out now. She's like, still, what that got to do with me? And he's trying to bring up, oh... I heard you stop talking to my sister because you seen she was with my girl. And it's like, okay, so you calling that hell for your girl. So why the fuck are you over here at my house? Bye. But while they doing this back and forth situation, Sonovi, you know, he pulls back up and he walks back up. And he really don't pay the guy no attention. He like, you can leave. And Torin like closed the door in his face and he's like, what's up with that? So she explains the whole situation and she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you about it, but I really didn't think it was like a big deal. He was like a non-factor. So he's like, okay, cool, whatever. And it seems like he's not paying it no attention, but then it's like he moves out of her house or don't come back to her house and he not answer her calls or nothing like that. And so when she finally gets better, she going crazy because she like, my man, he not answering my phone calls. He not picking up the phone. I need my man back. <laughs> like my man, my man, my man. So she goes to see Gigi and Gigi basically tells her, you know, he doesn't hold on to anything. He doesn't feel like he can keep anything. So with you withholding that information from him, did something to him. And she's like, so, you know, you got to take that and you got to always be open with him, communicate what's going on. And so she has set up a, a website for him 
for his cleaning business. So with her doing that, she was able to see his schedule. So she go to wherever he cleaning at. And at first he wouldn't open the door. She had to bang on the door. Like, I know you see me out here. Don't fucking play with me. So he opens the door. And while she starts off trying to talk to him, he turns the vacuum on, like completely ignore her. I'm sorry. Listen. I don't know if it's childish or I'm just too sensitive, but if he would have turned that vacuum cleaner on while I was talking, I would have left. First, well, I probably wouldn't even got that far because if I see you see me and you don't open the door, I'm leaving then. That's just me, though. But, you know, she wanted her man, so she did what she had to do. She unplugged the damn vacuum cleaner like, you're going to listen to me. And she's like, I'm trying to talk to you. He like, so talk then. And that kind of hurt her feelings too. Cause it's just like, damn, I done lost my man. And so, but she explained, she's like, you know, I wasn't trying to hide anything from you. I really wanted to be with you. And you know, like, I love you. You don't have to do <laughs> He's like, so he comes up to her and he's like, I, no. While she's explaining herself, he comes up to her, stops her. And he's like, you love me? And she's like, of course I do. And he's like, well, don't make me feel like you don't want me around. And she's trying to explain. She was like, but I, he's like, no, it's my turn to talk now. And it's like, you not telling me about that situation. And then like how she acted afterwards made it seem like you didn't want me to be there. So basically I kicked myself out before you had the chance to do so. And she's like, oh baby, you had it all messed up. I never wanted you to leave, sweetheart. Never. (laughs) Like I'm locked in your world. It's peaceful here. I don't want to be nowhere else. And he's like, good. Cause after today I was going to come back to the house anyway and dead this shit so you know they get back together everything's love and he was like you know we got some business lord not me stutter we got some business business to take care of jesus (laughs) so come to find out a guy had hit him up to clean his apartment building so he wanted to set up a meeting for a contract so he's bringing her along basically you know, they sign the papers or whatever, and he makes a toast to her, like, without you pushing me to start this, none of this would be possible without you, so cheers to you, I love you, and then we get an epilogue of, you know, he got his own place, he got his own condo, she's helping him set it all up, and then they're going to her mom's house for dinner, and he gets a call from Unique in the jail, and she's like, you know, Do you know somebody by the name of such and such? She's a lawyer and she popped up to see me and it's Torrance lawyer. So he's looking at her like, wow, you really did that? But he tells his mom like, no, I don't know who that is, but I'll look into it and, you know, basically just keep your head up. So he hangs up with her and he looks at Torrance. He's like, I love, well, she started rambling first. She's like, you know. I thought she could use some help and I already had a lawyer and I can't get my money back now. Like basically like I did it to help you do. And he's like, I love you. You know, you are the first besides Gigi and what DeMarco being his friend, he's like, you're the first solid thing in my life that I get to call mine that I can be selfish with. And I love you. It's like, boom. And then that was the epilogue. That was like, that's the last of the book. The epilogue was, She's getting ready to go on a trip with her friend, but her friend not answering the phone. So, Sonobi like, get her in the car. He like, uh, you know, maybe she'll meet you at the airport. Come on, let's go. 
So the closer they get to the airport, he's starting to pull into the parking. She's like, why are you pulling up there? So he's like, if I tell you, will you please relax? Because she was going crazy. She's like, this girl not answering the phone. We're going to miss our flight. Like, what the fuck going on around here? And he's like, you know, she was never coming. This is a trip for us. I wanted it to be a surprise. So, you know, first vacation for the books. And they're they're on their way to building a beautiful relationship because the way it ends, he's like, you know, don't give up on me. Shit may get rocky. I'm like, even though it's been a fucking roller coaster already. But he's telling her, like, you know, shit could get rocky. And when it does, just hold it down. And she's like, baby, we locked in for life. Ain't no switching up. We in this. And that was it. This oh, it's so good, y'all. Please go pick it up. Read it for yourself. I loved uh, this book. It's so good. I might go reread it again. Cause I don't reread it like three times already. Cause that's just how good it is. So good. Please do yourself the favor of going to pick up this book and reading it for yourself. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.